Welcome to Lift Up Your Hearts podcast. Today we're going to hear from the Gospel of Mark where Jesus has what seems to be a pretty dang busy day in ministry. He encounters a lot of people and a lot of people encounter him. What did it feel like to be one of the disciples watching all this happen? What did it feel like to be one of those people who were healed by Jesus? Today we're going to dive into that. This podcast is meant for everyone, any single person who wants to have a real prayer life, that wants to have a relationship with Jesus. I do it through the scriptures, and I do it through a contemplative model that was given to us by St. Ignatius, and we're going to dive into that today. I hope you enjoy. If you like these or you know anyone who wants to start their prayer life, this is simple. It may not be easy. It may not be whatever. It is simple. It is possible. It can happen. It's real. And it can be profound. And really all you need is a Bible and your imagination. We're going to flex that imagination right away. St. Ignatius asks us to contemplate for just a minute the moment of a And our Father, he says, so maybe 15, 20 seconds. Contemplate how the Lord looks at you with love. Not just humanity, but you. Because he knows you. He knows every hair on your head. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the creator of everything, and most especially today, you, knows you more than you know yourself, more than your best friend, more than your parents, more than anyone. And he loves you, and he gazes upon you. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes it's easy to forget that. Let's remember that today, and let's contemplate that. How does the Lord look at me with love? Remember, this isn't a time to judge ourselves. This is a time to receive God's love. And we might need to imagine someone we know that has gazed upon us with love and we've felt it. What did that feel like? What did that embrace look like? I'm often reminded that in this life, there is not a final outcome that I'm shooting for. I'm shooting to be faithful and to never, ever give up. If you feel like you failed or you've tried to have a prayer life before and it didn't work and seem too difficult and complicated. I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. And it is possible. If a goofball like me can have a prayer life, then you can too. So we're going to dive into it today from the Gospel of Mark. What I do is take the Gospel from the Sunday, because like I said, this is is not rocket science. I want to make it possible for everyone. Uh accomplishable for everyone 
and and I think it is. So I take the gospel from the Sunday the church gives it to us. You don't have to make it up. You can find a little book that has it for you, or you can just look on the uh, USCCB website or almost you can probably just google search it and find the sunday gospel for your church this sunday this sunday is from the gospel of mark chapter 1 verses 29 through 39 and we're often reminded we have to remind ourselves a little bit this is why it's helpful to have a little bit of a study bible to give us some information that the gospel of mark is fast-paced and he uses the word immediately a lot, you know, a ton. Is There's kind of like a, there's a certain hurried pace that the Gospel of Mark has. So, you know, take that for what it is. He's writing to an audience in Rome, and it's a fast-paced world. And, and you know, I don't know, whatever that means. So just kind of take that, take that in and, and acknowledge that as we read through it here. I'm going to read through it once and allow yourself to kind of get the story, to feel to feel the feels, smell the smells, see the sights. What are people wearing? What do they look like? What's happening? Is there a lot of emotions? Is there none? Are people tired, energized? You can start to use your own imagination. There's no right or wrong from this, okay? No right or wrong from imagining... People being bonkers, emotional or something. Because really what this prayer allows us to do is have a relationship with Jesus that after this all happens, we can go and talk to him. That's what this is really all about. St. Ignatius calls this the colloquy, this conversation with the Lord, this relating to him, this this asking him questions, this bringing him little nuggets and saying, what is this? What am I supposed to know about this? How are you loving me through this? That's why we take that time at the beginning. It's so important. So I read through it to try to get the story, to see what's happening. And and this is where I, I really just want to encourage you to allow the scriptures to wash over you daily so that it just becomes a part of your life this might be easy for me now because i've done this for years i've read through the whole bible i've studied it i've you know and i just kind of read it with this contemplative mind really trying to dive into the people because when i was younger the bible seemed like a book of people that were unrealistic and they just didn't seem like they were real, you know, they, they just seemed so pious, so perfect, so everything, that there was no way I was going to be like them. And the more I read and understood, and the more I really dove deep into their lives, imagining being them, man, it's not, it's not much different than me. They're profoundly changed, though. And I want to be profoundly changed. And that can happen through this type of prayer and and reading and prayer with Jesus and asking him. So we see here at, at uh, the beginning, Mark 
1, 29-39. As soon as they left the synagogue, so that immediately phrase, as soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. So Simon and Andrew are living together. Brothers, James and John with him, with them as well. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, right? So fever is a little different than now fever. They might be quite sick, maybe to the point of death. And they told him about her at once. Again, Mark, at once, immediately, right away, as soon as. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. Now, hopefully don't gloss over this. (laughs) At evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And then it says, the whole city gathered around the door. The whole city. Some to be cured, some to watch. Because this is a spectacle. I... Sometimes it's really easy, I said this last week as well, it's really easy to gloss over the craziness of the gospel. I mean, this is crazy. The whole city is there, and Jesus is curing. They brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons. Not just like a dozen or twenty all, and then the whole city gathered at the door. And for me, the something that struck out is he cured many who were sick. It doesn't say he cured all. What if you were one of those people that came? I like how it says they brought to him all who were sick. There's a sense of It doesn't say the people came who were sick and possessed. They brought them. Kind of like the person coming down from the roof. And Jesus says, great is your faith, you know, your faith in your friends. You know, like that's, this story is about the the friend's faith too. That they went so above and beyond for their friend. They brought them to Jesus. So it says they brought to him all who were sick and possessed. I can imagine some thinking, now these aren't people thinking, I'm going to go get healed by Jesus. There might have been people thinking, nah, I don't know about this. I, I don't know this guy. This is the beginning of the ministry here. This isn't like, Jesus isn't well known. And... I can imagine plenty of the people thinking, yeah, I don't know about this. Okay. Maybe they've been sick for a long time. 
Maybe they've given up a lot of hope. And this idea of a this guy healing me, whatever. I can imagine that happening pretty easily. So Jesus, Jesus heals many, not all. I wonder how it felt for those people potentially that got brought and didn't get healed. What did that feel like? Maybe you feel like that too. Maybe you've prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a healing. What does that feel like? Talk to Jesus about it. Tell him. He can take it. Jesus can take it. You being mad, happy, sad, angry, distraught, lamenting. Jesus can take it. He's a big boy. He can take it. Don't hide your emotions from him. He can take it. If you've been praying forever and you haven't been healed, tell him how you feel. He cares for you. He loves you. Tell him how you feel. Maybe he has an answer. I don't have an answer for you. Maybe he has an answer. I don't know. So after all this happens, so, you know, as we're trying to get this picture in our head, Jesus leaves the synagogue, goes to the home of Simon and, Simon and Peter, heals the, Simon's mother-in-law, and then that evening, the whole town comes to the door. Many are, many of sick or possessed are healed. And then in the morning, and I love this detail, and then in the morning, while it was still very dark, so this is after sundown, and then in the morning before sunrise, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. I could imagine Jesus being exhausted. Immediately after they leave synagogue, he goes to Simon and Andrew's house. I'm guessing maybe they wanted to rest. Maybe he wanted to rest. I don't know. He was told that Simon's mother is sick, so he heals her. And then that evening after sundown, the whole town is there. The whole town. And then I could imagine Jesus thinking... My only time to pray is going to be before everyone wakes up. For me, that really <laughs> strikes true. true. It, it, it just strikes home that I'm fooling myself if I think that in the evening or the middle of the day when everything is incredibly busy, I'm going to get my prayer time in, you know. Let's let's be honest. I'm not going to get it in. There's going to be too many things that pile up, and then I'm going to be tired. It's a good reminder for me, at least. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. <laughs> you, might, you ever feel like that as a parent? 
you're hiding from your kids because they're searching for you. They won't let you go for four seconds. Jesus gets up very early in the morning to go pray so he can have this time. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, preaching, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. So my prayers this week are entering into some of the characters in this story, maybe some of the people who were brought there to be healed. What does that feel like to be embraced by Jesus and to be healed? What did he say to you? What does he ask you today? Did he say anything in particular? You can use our imagination for this. It's not written in the, in the gospel. It just says, the whole town comes out and many are healed. What does it feel like to you when he takes your hand and asks you what you would like to be healed from or what you need prayers for? What's your answer? What do you want to say to him? What do you want to ask of him? Again, Jesus can take it. And what does it feel like? Are you healed? Do you feel that sense in your heart? Do you feel that reality, maybe? What does it feel like if it's not healed? What do you want to say to Jesus about that? What is it like to be one of the disciples? Busy day, come back to your house. Maybe you were even anticipating some rest. And you have a full day of serving people. There's no indication that Jesus received any respite or relaxation or a cold one while this was all happening. The whole town's there. He's on. And what does he do because of that? Because of that draining. And I can say draining even though he's God because he even says it himself when in the Gospel of Luke, the woman with the hemorrhages touches the hem of his garment. He says, I felt power leave me. Sounds like a draining to me. Sure, maybe he has endless power. I don't know how that feels to him. I'm sure he's exhausted. And then he knows in the morning everyone's going to be looking for him. So what does he do? He doesn't sleep in and delay it endlessly. He gets up in the very dark of the morning. Maybe we're not ready to do that same thing and we just ask him why. Jesus, why did you do that? Do you want me to do that? Why did you do that? And just ask him, talk to him about it. He loves you so much. 
Don't be afraid to ask him what might seem silly even. This is a moment to take what's happening in the scripture and allow it to move us and inspire us so that we can talk to Jesus about it. That's the whole point of this whole thing. The whole point of using this as, you know, our material is so that we we have the real life of him who set us free from our sins so that we can enter into this story both to make the people and everything feel real to us but also that we can have a real conversation with him cuz it's it, this isn't a fairy tale i'm not having a conversation with a, a unicorn or some uh other made-up character. I'm having a relationship with my creator who loves me, who knows everything about me, every wonderful and imperfect thing about me. And he loves me. So I can have a real conversation with him and he can take it. And even if it, I have some difficult things to say and get off my chest and I'm having a hard time, I can talk to him about that and I can ask him for healing and there's healing in asking for healing as well. There's lots of it. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. If you found this podcast to be helpful, share it with others. I really hope it allows you to have a real prayer life. Maybe someday you don't even need this podcast. You can just do this on your own and you just want to share it with 20 other people that you think might benefit from it. So please, please pray for me. Know that I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you maybe later this week. Again, I promised that last week, but I just got a little too busy. I'd love to start a um, contemplative uh, dive through the Mass. Father Timothy Gallagher has a wonderful book, Praying Through the Mass, and uh, he's got some wonderful steps, and I'm going to go through that. If not, I'll definitely start it before Lent. I really want to get through that so we can enter into this season of extra prayer and and entering into this Eucharistic uh, miracle and mystery and sacrament that is offered to us every day. So please pray for me. Know that I'm praying for you. God bless. Bye-bye.